Good morning, Trinity Park. Um, my name is Reverend Christopher Cooper, and I am the campus minister uh, for North Carolina Central University, RUF campus minister, and I am grateful uh, to be here. Thank you for that wonderful scriptural reading that we just had. And I just want to say, this morning, y'all rocking, man. Um, the Lord is my strength, my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Um, I know we get into these meticulous songs and we want the most beautiful words, but it's songs like that, man, that when you're going through, when you're suffering, when you're thinking on things where you just need three or four words that remind you of the scripture passages, it just seems to do something within your soul. I was about to jump up and be like, let me go preach right now um, so that the spirit can move and so that things can go. Um, the Lord is good. Amen, right? The Lord is good. Um, so as we get into the scripture today, first thing I want to do, I'm just going to pray us in. And then after that, we're going to deep dive into St. Luke, um, 10th chapter 38 through the 42nd verse. And we know that the word of God changes hearts. So we definitely know that it's going to be a word for us today. Amen. So let us pray. Father God, coming to you, man, as humbly as I know how grateful that we can come in here and fellowship within a new building, man. The work you do is amazing and it is beautiful. And we see how you craft it out in this earth so that we can come and worship you. Father God, I'm asking that the Holy Spirit do what it is designed to do. Lead us and guide us into all truth. Because walking this Christian walk, many times we could be led into the darkness. Father God, um, be a lamp into our pathway and a light into our feet, Father God, because we know that we need your guidance. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, soften the hearts of men. Let the word of God, which is a seed, be firmly rooted in our hearts so that we may be a tree, not for our own glory, Father God, but for your glory alone. Put Chris Cooper behind the cross and allow your glory to show forth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. As we know in today's society, I don't know about you, but if you live in the United States, you understand that time is money and money is time that we grow up to be producers. We understand from our very first breath, you know, from my mother's womb, as a parent, she is thinking, how do I get my child in the best places so that they can be educated, so that they can understand what they need to understand, so that they can be successful, hardworking citizens to get a salary to provide for themselves, and so that one day they may have a family or walk in the purpose they are created to walk into. Now, I may not remember everything, but I can remember the, the achievements that I'd earned through playing football, being taught about working hard and doing the best you can do, making sure that I got the highest GPA in class and making sure that when I went to college, you take advantage of, you know, every, you know, student-ran organization that you can get into so that your resume looks good. And so when your resume looks good, you get into the finest internships, you, you make sure you get a job. It seems like on every side we are taught to be productive we are taught that we have to check box every mark so that we can be marketable so that we can look like good citizens it 
it's nothing wrong with that. I do the same thing to my son and to my daughter. But within that, are, are we teaching them so much that this makes you who you are, that we are forgetting about Jesus? Yeah, they may go to church, right? They, they, they may, you know, go to the children's ministry. They may sit here and see the sermons, and we try our best to disciple them. But there is a lot of mixture within that thing because many times we find our identity in how many accomplishments, how many degrees, who we work for, our careers. And many times Jesus is sitting there saying, hey, I'm right here. I'm the most important thing. I'm the one, I'm the reason that you got that thing, but, but we tend to dive in to those things that society deems necessary. As we look into the scripture today and we, we come to a place where Jesus is invited to dinner um, for Martha, and it's crazy because as you look into the 10th chapter, Jesus was a busy dude. He was a busy individual. He, he, he sent the 72 out to go through the highways and the byways to heal people, right? To, to proclaim the gospel, to, to see souls saved. And, and then after that, right, he had to deal um, with unrepentant cities, cities that he felt bad for, that, that he prayed for because they knew they wouldn't come unto repentance. And then after that, we get the parable of the Good Samaritan and a lawyer challenging him, which he always had to deal with. Pharisees, Sadducees always had to question what he was doing, how he was doing it, if he really was the Son of God. But even within that, he, he makes time to relax and go to dinner and chill at somebody's house hey that's a sermon within that you got to learn how to chill and and as we get to this we we see that he was welcomed by Martha and and Mary whom he knew he was good friends with Lazarus also who was a part of the family and as we dig deeper within the scripture we come to find out that good old Martha probably would do what we would do she she invites Jesus she wants make, to make sure the house is cleaned up and and we see Mary just sit at the master's feet and be taught and Martha gets mad at Mary right are you going to help me clean or not are, are you going to allow this house to look a mess or not but we can find very good spiritual truths within this particular story. The first thing we can find is how does your work define you? How does your work define you? Think about it. Martha was not wrong for being hospitable. Matter of fact, even in the scripture, they said she was being a servant. She was given service. They didn't say that she uh, was being prideful or anything like that. She would do what we would do. We got to make sure this house is in order. It has to be clean. Make sure them washboards is clean. We don't want to see dirt in the corner. I know I tell my kids, boy, you better clean your room because you don't know who's coming upstairs. And you got our house looking like this. Martha was doing the right thing in society standards. We must be servants. We want to make sure things are okay. But while she was doing that, you need to understand that, hey, in this very moment, the person she's cleaning for is the one cleaning her. 
the, the, the one thing she's worried about is how is Jesus going to view this house? How, how is Jesus going to look at the dust up here? How, how is Jesus going to look upon me if I'm not servicing him? But Jesus was there to service her. He was there to give her time to say, partake of me. I am the bread of life. I am the one you should find rest in. I am in your house and you worried about everything. No, that doesn't define you. What defines you is being close to your Savior. See, many times we get so caught up in being busy and looking clean, thinking that's more valuable, but the one who's sitting right in our hearts wants us to rest in him because he's the one who's making us look like him. He's making us look better, so we should rest in him. Think about this. We tend to work to be busy because of our need for others to see who we are to see our accomplishments, to see how well we do, to see how we keep ourselves together, to see that we are good American citizens doing things right, to, to see our houses. We are so concerned in making sure we clean up and strike over here and do things over there that people can say, you are a good Christian. You are this. Our jobs, our marriages, our families, we want to make sure we look like we have stability and success. We want to be put together. But does that really define who you are? Does that define what type of person you are? Does that define your relationship with Christ? Does that define the reason why you're here on this earth? I would answer that by saying no. What defines it is that you have Jesus Christ. That you have Jesus Christ. Not only do we ask the question, right, how does your work define you or, or, or how does you get these accomplishments define you? We need to also ask, what is the source of your work? It, it is the source of your work so that you may be self-glorifying. Is the source of, of your work, is the, so, so somebody can say, I'm proud of you. Is the source of your work so that, you know, when they see my name, that I'm a self-made person, that, that you know what, they get to know me, that, that it's all about my selfishness. See, when we take that approach, Martha was so concerned about cleaning her house and doing everything. It's crazy what Jesus said to her. He said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. See, when we concern about what people are talking about us and, and how we're getting the glory and, and how our work defines us, don't you know that brings more anxiety and worry because you can never be perfect? You can never live up to even the standards you put before yourself, let alone the standards you feel like Christ puts on you. You can never be what you think you ought to be. So within that, it brings more worry, it brings more anxiety, it brings more pressure, and it brings more weight, baby. But only person who can take that is Jesus Christ. 
we get so caught up in serving sin. We get so caught up in our own selfishness. We get so caught up in what people think and society thinks that within that, if we do something wrong, we worry. Oh, if this job goes bad, we worry. We be anxious. If, if maybe we made a mistake on a report, we're anxious. How am I going to feed my family? How am I going to do these things? But what you don't understand is you have Jesus. You have Jesus. Let me tell you a story. I was working a job, you know, as a man, man. When you're the man, you're supposed to be the provider. You're supposed to take care. You're supposed to bring home the bacon. And I was just doing my job, man. Something happened. Our job started going through financial difficulties. Got called in the office. I, I had to take a lesser known job. Didn't make as much money. Just looking on Christ like, man, it's putting our household in a bind. I was pastoring at the time, but where I was pastoring, you know, I wasn't pretty much making that much. We, we were more or less in the red from me pastoring than we were in making enough money to, to sustain ourselves, right? And I'm thinking less of myself because I'm like, how do people view me? How do people view me? I got into thinking that this job made me. I got into thinking that I can rely on this source to keep maintaining me. I got into thinking like, man, if I don't have this source, who do I become? If I, if I don't have this viewpoint of a man with a job, pastor, and all these things, God, what am I going to do? Eventually, I lost my job. Had, had to go on unemployment, right? Go on unemployment, man. I'm down. I'm sad. I'm teaching people every Sunday, and I'm believing in a source that's not Jesus because I'm believing in the fact that I don't have a job, that, that it can't sustain me, that I don't have anything to make me who I am. But don't you know, in those particular moments, just like Martha, Jesus is saying, look, you look, son, you're anxious, you're worrying, but guess what? There is one thing that is necessary. There is one thing in this moment of suffering. There is one thing in this moment of service. There is one thing while you're going through this that you have that other people don't have, and that is me. I've never seen your seed begging for bread, baby. That's in scripture. I got you. If I'm going to take care of every, um, if I know the uh, hairs on your head, if, if I make the lilies grow, then what do you think your father's going to do in this moment? He's going to take care of you. I am the source. I am the source. And then when you start looking in the scripture, how many people had nothing? Jesus said he didn't even have a, a place to sleep in. He didn't have a place to sleep in. If we didn't have a place to sleep in, we'd be freaking out. Right? We'd be, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? Oh. Hey, he said you could use this church for any purpose, so if you need a place. <laughs> what is the source of your work we have to be very careful just like Martha that we get so hung up on what we think we should be doing and how we look and, and what we actually rely on and are rooted on which may be self-glorification, which may be our own selfish, that is actually pushing us away from Jesus. 
the number one culprit of figuring out this type of selfishness and pride is that we tend to look at others and get mad at them. Mary, you lazy. You going to have me cleaning up all of this while you sit there at Jesus' feet? Don't you think you should be working too? See, when we start struggling, right, we start blaming others. It's a natural human thing to do. Oh, 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 I do more than you. I'm going to point out that I do this, this, and this. You, you do this, and you're going to sit here and relax during this time. I'm doing all the work. And you start finding your sis saying, saying, I, 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 I. See, when it's about you, man, and your own self-glorification, you put yourself above everybody else. You put yourself above everybody else. When we should not have this, we should be able to rest and relax in our Father, Jesus Christ. Man, when I was young, my the elders of my church, they used to always tell us, get your house in order. Boy, you better get your house in order. Then it went into, you better get your life right. You better get your mind right. You better get your heart right. You should have a new way to talk, a new way to walk, a new way to think. I'm sitting there like, man, how, what, how am I going to do all this? Right? And what they were portraying to us is that, hey, Jesus is coming back one day. And if your life is not right, man, you may miss it. But within all of this, I think they had a good message, right? I think they were trying to encouraging us to, to be an example amongst the believers. But what they didn't tell us within all of that was like the only way we can get our mind right, the only way we can get our talk right, the only way we could get our life right is not because Jesus is coming back and that has something to do with it. It's because Jesus is in our hearts. He's the, he's the thing that's cleaning you from the inside out. So the third thing you need to do, you need to learn, Martha, is Jesus is necessary. He is the good portion because he is exactly what you need. Martha invited Jesus to a dirty house. Think about it. He sat down before she started cleaning. <laughs> I want you to think about this. You are a Christian. One time you was walking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. You had... No inkling of who Christ was. You were in complete lit darkness, and you were a dirty house. One day, Jesus came and sat in your heart. He pricked your heart by his grace while you were already dirty. He knows what type of cleaning you need. It's crazy. When we invite people to dinner, we don't want them to see our messed up house. But don't you know the people who are being invited to dinner with us probably got the same messed up house that we do. Their kids is just as messy. Their dishes just got washed before they left, just like you just washed the dishes before they came. 
Their bed is probably not made. We all have dirty houses, but yet we all trying to portray an image like we got it all together. And Jesus said, no, you don't. See, what Mary understood is I need to be at Jesus' feet. I need to glean from him. I need to learn from him because what matters is I'm already dirty. I need someone to cleanse my heart. (laughs) My house, no matter how much I try to cover it out, no matter how much I try to keep things in the closet, uh, uh, what's in the darkness, Jesus said it comes into light. He will expose it. He will clean it, and he will deal with it. I'm just grateful that he is a just God, that we can confess our sins. Amen. And he will forgive us. I don't care how much service you do. I don't care how good your job is. I don't care how much income you have. I don't care how big your house is. I don't care how successful and accomplished you are. We are all dirty houses. And if Jesus is not necessary, to be necessary is something you absolutely need. You can't put it behind anything. You you can't try to shove it to the side. Right? You, 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 if it's necessary, I need a driver's license to drive. If I do not have a driver's license and I get caught driving, there's a possibility that I'm going to jail or have to pay this astronomical sign because they're telling me I need that to drive. It is necessary for you as an adult. Now I know they got Lyft and they got all of that type of stuff. And if you can do that, praise the Lord. But what I'm trying to tell you is, in all the things that's happening, if you don't have Jesus, you have absolutely nothing. You have absolutely nothing. He must be your good portion. He must be the thing that motivates you. He must be the thing that is the source of who you are. He must be the thing that is the source of your work. He must be the thing that gets all glory. That's why we Dive into scriptures like Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. (laughs) You can do all you want. This has nothing to do with how talented, with your job, or anything like that. But it is a gift of God and a result of work, and not a result of work, so that no one may boast. (laughs) You're a dirty house. It's my gift. It's me that cleans you. Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his love for us that while we were yet still sinners. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Christ died for us. He died for us. While our houses were still dirty, he died for us. And until this day, by the cross and dying for us, he is continuing to to cleanse us. By his grace, he is continuing to empower us. By his grace and his mercy, he is continuing to forgive us. By his Holy Spirit, he is continuing to produce the fruits of the Spirit, self-control, humility. You know, he just name them down the line. He is continuing to do those things. And Mary understood that I must rest at the feet of Jesus because this is necessary 
for my life. If you're going to walk this walk, you're going to have to put Jesus as the main source, as the main motivation, as the main thing in your life. Because if not, you'll always walk in anxiety. You'll always walk in worry. You'll always walk according to man's, what they see as successful. You'll always walk in a place where you feel a little uneasy because you don't have the one thing that is necessary for us in this world. And that is Jesus Christ. I leave with this. He is so necessary that when he does come back, if we are not his children, then guess what? We will not be in his presence forever. So not only does he necessary here on earth, but he's necessary to get in a place with him, to be with him forever, to rest in him, to have joy in him, so we can have a rest here on earth with him while we're serving, and then yet we will rest forever with him in the end. And I don't know about you, that is enough conviction for me to say, you know what, Jesus While I yet still work, while it's day, while I still yet, you know, service and and, and try to clean my house, I need to come to an understanding that at the end of the day, if I don't have time, like Mary, to just sit at your feet and just rest within you and how great you are, you see my flaws, you see my cracks, you see my dirtiness. But thank God, man, you continue to sit in my house. If that don't hit your heart, what would <laughs> you continue? Who am I that you are mindful of me individually, all, all these people to sit in my house? And you continue (laughs) to just chill with me (laughs) and love on me and forgive me and be merciful and be loving and and continue to clean me when I'm not deserving. Jesus is necessary. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, man, you, you are an amazing. You love on us as individuals, as a community of believers. You continue to work on us, man. As clay, you're continuing to mold us into whom you want us to be. Father God, let us not get so bogged down with with the worries and anxiety of, of finding our source in other things besides you or being defined of what society deems definable, Father God. But while doing it, Father God, let us understand, like Mary did, that you are necessary, that we can rest in you, that we can be taught by you, that we can serve through you, and that we can dwell in your love and find peace and rest even in our adversity. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.